Welcome to the Real Life Cooking Podcast. I'm Kate Shaw, and this week we're going to learn how to make chicken pecan quiche. I have no idea where I got this recipe. I've had it written down for a long time, but only tried it recently, and it's phenomenal. It's a great way to use up a small amount of leftover chicken, too. The recipe calls for a full cup of chicken, but I only had a scant half cup the first time I made it, and it worked out just fine. This is basically a quiche, which means it's rich, but it doesn't feel heavy. The crust is the best part and really makes the dish. So while it is a little bit of a hassle to roll out dough, it's absolutely worth it. You can use a ready-made crust, but make sure it's not sweetened and that it's a deep dish crust. You will need a big mixing bowl, a skillet, and a deep dish pie plate for this recipe. Before you do anything else, you need to do some prep. If you want to add vegetables to the dish to add color and flavor, get them out now and chop them up small. I've made this recipe twice now and both times used frozen broccoli. The first time I thought it, the second time I forgot but cut the frozen florets up tiny with a pair of kitchen shears, and both methods worked fine. Dice the onion and cut some thin slices of Swiss cheese, unless you're using pre-sliced Swiss. If your chicken pieces aren't already shredded or cut up small, do that now. Measure out your pecans and break them into smaller pieces if you need to. Pecans are usually sold as halves and pieces, so you want the pieces for this recipe. It takes a few minutes to break the halves into two or three pieces, so do this ahead of time. Or just use pecan halves. I don't care. Next, grease the pie plate well and set it aside. Then measure out your dry ingredients for the pastry. This recipe calls for half all-purpose flour and half whole wheat flour, which makes the pastry more robust and toothsome than if it's made with only all-purpose flour. But if you don't have whole wheat flour, you can use all-purpose for all of it. Bread flour works well in this recipe, too. Incidentally, this pastry recipe is a good one to keep on hand for any recipe that calls for a savory pie crust. It makes enough to easily line the bottom of a deep dish pie plate. Turn the oven on to preheat if you haven't already. You're baking the pie crust first by itself and at a higher temperature than you'll need later. I know it takes my oven forever to heat up to 425. If you haven't made pie crust before, you might want to listen to the raspberry pie episode where we discuss it in detail. I use shortening for this recipe, but you can use butter or lard if you prefer. Measure out the dry ingredients and cut the fat into it until the mixture resembles coarse meal. That's a phrase you'll hear a lot in cooking, and it's actually not one that means much to people these days. Think cornmeal, but with bigger grains. When I cut shortening into dry ingredients, I've started just using a fork to mush it together and it works fine. If you do use a fork, once you're done, set the fork aside instead of putting it in the sink to wash. You'll need it again in a few minutes. The next step is to add just enough water to make a stiff dough. Whole wheat flour always seems thirstier than all-purpose flour, so you may need all five tablespoons of water. Try four first and see if you can get all the flour incorporated into the dough 
Without that last spoonful, though, you don't want the dough to be too wet. Hopefully, you've already cleaned off the counter or table where you plan to roll out your dough. But if you haven't, do that now. Make sure you're not going to accidentally pick up any cat hairs or toast crumbs into your pastry. And make sure you have ample room to work without knocking anything over. I have the most cluttered counter you ever saw. So if you're the sort of person who piles mail and books and receipts and odds and ends of things you intend to move later onto the kitchen counter, I salute you. We should start a club. Dust the counter with a small amount of flour and roll the dough out. If you used whole wheat flour, you'll notice that it's much easier to work with this dough compared to dough made from all-purpose flour only. It shouldn't be any trouble to roll the dough out thin. Make sure the piece is big enough to completely cover the bottom and sides of your pie plate. Then gently fold the pastry into quarters and place it into the pie plate. Unfold it and press it down gently so there are no air pockets underneath. Trim the edges where they hang over the sides, and you can crimp the edges too if you like, just to look pretty. Next, take a fork and prick the bottom of the pastry all over. You don't have to press down hard, just prick, prick, prick until the entire bottom is covered with little bitty holes. Then, assuming the oven is ready, pop it into the oven and set the timer for 8 minutes. While the pastry is baking, put a little oil into the skillet and saute the onions on medium to medium low until they start to turn translucent. This shouldn't take too long, 5 minutes or so, maybe a little longer. If you're using diced green pepper in this recipe, you can toss it in the skillet too so that it starts to soften as the onions cook. When the oven timer goes off, remove the pie plate and set it on the stove or a cooling rack to cool. Turn the oven down to 325 degrees. Then take the Swiss cheese slices and use them to line the bottom of the pie crust. You don't have to trim them to fit exactly, just put them reasonably close together. The cheese will start to melt against the hot pastry. Next, take the same big bowl you used for the pastry. You don't need to wash it out or anything like that. Put the chicken in the bowl along with the shredded cheddar, the onions and other veggies, a tablespoon of flour, and half the pecans. When a recipe calls for an item and then says divided, as this one does with the pecans, that means you need, for instance, a half cup of chopped pecans total, but you will be using them in more than one step. In this case, half the pecans go into the chicken mixture, and you'll use the other half to top the dish right before you put it in the oven. So mix this up as well as you can, considering it's almost completely dry. Then pour it into the pie plate on top of the Swiss cheese. Then, in the same bowl, you still don't need to wash it, add the eggs and milk, some salt and pepper, and a teaspoon of brown mustard, and beat it up well with a fork. If you don't have brown mustard, which is spicier than yellow, you can use yellow. Then pour this mixture over the top of the other stuff in the pie plate. Finally, sprinkle the other half of the pecans over the top. Then, just put it in the oven and set the timer for 50 minutes. That's 50, not 15. Double check that you did actually remember to turn the temperature down to 325, and it's not still on 425. This is a good time to get the kitchen cleaned up. It doesn't take that long, actually, especially since you only used the one bowl. 
You'll have time to sit down long before the timer goes off. Once you take the quiche out of the oven, it's ready to serve. It's a robust, hearty dish that isn't heavy and doesn't taste overly rich. The pecans on top will be nicely toasted, and the ones in the mixture help give the whole thing a nice texture. The Swiss cheese will be a lovely, gooey mouthful with each bite, while the cheddar cheese combines perfectly with the egg. This keeps well covered in the fridge for a few days. It's best heat it up before you eat it to melt the cheese. It also travels pretty well if you want to take a piece or two with you for lunch later. Oh, and there's nothing in the world stopping you from just leaving the chicken out and making this a vegetarian quiche. Thanks for listening. You can find Real Life Cooking Podcast at reallifecooking.blueberry.net. That's blueberry without any E's. Our email address is reallifecookingpodcast at gmail.com. Now, get out there and enjoy your food.